Perhaps you've heard of the case of John Duarte, a California farmer who bought 450 acres of land back in 2012. But his land included a drainage area for some local creeks, and it was labeled a Waters of the United States by the EPA. As a result, when Duarte plowed his own field that he had purchased with his own money, the Army Corps of Engineers sent him a cease and desist letter. When Duarte sued, the feds countersued, and now he is facing a $2.8 million penalty for plowing his own field. Maybe you've also heard the story of the Kentucky Amish farmer who was mixing chickweed, rosemary, beeswax, and olive oil and selling it as a treatment for dry skin, cuts, burns, and poison ivy. The problem is he didn't have the proper FDA-approved labeling on his product. The result? He was sentenced to six years in federal prison, three years supervised release, and $1,300 in fines, and $14,000 in restitution for his crime of not labeling this mixture properly. I offer these stories to you as clear evidence that we are now living in a regulation nation. This is the Free to be Free podcast, encouraging you to assert your liberty because you are free to be free. It seems that we are surrounded by an endless array of federal governmental agencies, all operating on the pretense of protecting us from each other and ourselves. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Environmental Protection Agency, the Department of Defense, the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Energy, the Department of Education, the Department of State, the Department of Interior, the Department of Labor, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, the United States Treasury, the Office of Personnel Management, the Small Business Administration, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Food and Drug Administration, the Internal Revenue Service, the National Institute for Health, the United States Department of Veteran Affairs, the Office of the Inspector General, the uh, Federal Communication Commission. I could go on and on and on. Now, these agencies have provided us an endless supply of regulation, all purported to protect us from one another and ourselves. Now, you may be surprised to learn of the sheer volume of these regulations. In a recent study done by the Mercatus Center of Georgetown University, researchers looked at the code of federal regulations. What they did was counted the number of instances of the words shall, must, may not, required, and prohibited. These are all the shalls and shall nots, all of the regulations that we have facing us. And they found 1.1 million instances of these words. That's 1.1 million thou shalls and thou shall nots in our code of federal regulation. 
do you think it's reasonable to expect the average citizen to keep track of 1.1 million regulations to make sure that they live their daily lives in compliance to each and every one of these edicts? I think not. But let's also take a look at the cost of these overbearing regulations. In a recent study done by the Competitive Enterprise Institute entitled 10,000 Commandments, and I must say I find that title ironic because 10,000 is much too small a number to describe all of the regulations we have facing us. But nevertheless, this study found that federal regulations and intervention cost American consumers and business $1.9 trillion in 2016. And then when you include the amount of spending the government does on administering these agencies, the total cost comes to $1.963 trillion for 2016. To put that in perspective, total tax receipts for the federal government for both personal and corporate income tax for that same year, last year, amounted to $1.92 trillion roughly the same amount of money. So let's think about the implications of that. There are many of us concerned that the federal government spends and taxes too much. That 1.9 trillion in taxes and spending is a government out of control. But that's just the part we get to see. The regulatory costs are often unseen, but to realize that those costs equal the amount that we're taxed and the government spends is just mind-numbing. That $1.9 trillion in cost to the American people, to the economy, is actually just an off-budget form of taxation and spending. So those of us concerned with the government taxing and spending too much must realize that it's, the problem is actually twice as big as we really think it is. And federal regulation, it's a hidden tax. And if you do the math, it amounts to nearly $15,000 per U.S. household each year. Now, in 2016, there were 214 laws that were enacted by Congress in that year. Any guess on how many regulations were issued by agencies in that year? It was 3,853. What that means is, for every law that Congress passes, the regulatory agencies establish 18 new rules to govern our lives. And the sad part of that is, is that was a below average year. Over the last 10 years or so, that average has been 27 new regulations for every law passed. And think about this, if U.S. federal regulations, if the cost of those regulations would be ranked among economies of the world, it would be the seventh largest economy in the world, right behind India and just ahead of Italy. Imagine if we could add to the U.S. economy a GDP of that amount. How many more jobs would be created? How many more people would be better off? Now, this problem isn't going away soon because there are some 60 federal departments, agencies, and commissions that have another 3,313 regulations 
in development at various stages in the pipeline. Although the economic costs of federal regulation are staggering, there are some other issues at play here. So let's start with the pretense that these agencies are formed to protect the consumer, to protect the little guy, uh, to protect us from evil corporations that may want to take advantage of us. And I understand that. But there is a reality here that we have to acknowledge. And that is the phenomenon of regulatory capture. And this was first introduced or, or made popular by George Stiegler, a Nobel Prize winning economist. And his uh, main paper on this topic is The Theory of Economic Regulation, published in 1971. And here's what he said in that paper. The state has one basic resource which in pure principle is not shared with the mightiest of its citizens, the power to coerce. The state can seize money by the only method permitted by the laws of a civilized society, by taxation. The state can ordain the physical movement of physical resources and economic decisions of households and firms without their consent. Now that amount of power can end up being pretty profitable if a business had control of it, wouldn't you think? And this is the basis for his theory of regulatory capture. And it basically goes like this. If the government attempts to regulate an industry or a product, what eventually happens is the firms that provide those products, the very firms that the government is trying to protect the consumer from, end up capturing the regulatory process through their influence either in terms of lobbying or perhaps serving on the boards or in positions on these regulatory agencies. And you can see this in action. If you take a look, for example, at the positions when people rotate in and out of these government agencies, let's take the Treasury Department or the Federal Reserve, for example, you see an endless parade of big commercial bank CEOs who leave the banking business and suddenly they're the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board or the Secretary of Treasury or, or serving at post in the Treasury Department. And what happens then is these regulatory agencies get captured by the very businesses they were intended to regulate. And Stiegler identified four things that corporations seek or that they engineer once they capture a regulatory agency. And those four things are subsidies, and we can think of many examples of those. Subsidies for oil companies, um, subsidies for farmers, and perhaps a more recent example of subsidies for health insurance companies. The second way that companies will capture regulatory agencies is through control over entry of new rivals. So they can have the agencies establish new rules and regulations and hurdles that make it more difficult for competitors to enter the market. A third way that firms use regulatory capture is to suppress substitutes, make it more difficult to sell a substitute product, or encourage the sale of complementary products. And the way Stiegler put it in his paper, I like this, he used the example of butter producers would want to inhibit the production and sale of margarine, but encourage the production of bread. 
And then finally, the fourth way that firms use regulatory capture is implementing price controls. So in the end, we may be better off by not regulating an industry in the first place and letting the free market sort out the good actors from the bad actors than we would be by regulating an industry and then concentrating power over the industry and then allowing corporations through regulatory capture to wield that power in an attempt to control the market, prevent new competitors from entering, and take greater advantages of consumers than they would have the ability to under normal free market conditions. Now I hope I've shown you that this administrative and regulatory power of the federal government is not just economically inefficient, it is also practically ineffective because of regulatory capture, but most of all, it is simply unconstitutional. Article 1, Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution starts with these words, All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress. I think these words are very clear. It clearly says all legislative powers. That means only the Congress can make laws. It does not allow for Congress to delegate making laws to another agency. Only Congress can pass laws. A further reading of the Constitution will also make it clear that there is no lawmaking authority granted to the executive branch. But guess where all of these regulatory agencies reside? They are all executive branch agencies. So how can they constitutionally make laws through their regulations if they are not a part of Congress? I would like to recommend to you the book The Administrative Threat by Philip Hamburger as an excellent analysis of the unconstitutionality of our regulatory state and administrative agencies. But let's go back and do some of the math here. If you recall, from the Competitive Enterprise Institute study, 10,000 Commandments, I told you that in 2016, for every law that Congress passed, there were 18 regulations enacted. Now, if we do the math on that, Congress would have passed 5% of the laws that year, and regulatory agencies would have issued 95% of the laws passed that year. So 95% of the laws passed last year were implemented by executive branch agencies and unelected officials. And this deprives us of our rights under the Constitution and the ability to enjoy self-governance through electing those that pass the laws that affect us. And the problem gets deeper than that because many of these regulatory agencies have established their own administrative courts for hauling in citizens who violated their regulations. And in these administrative courts, the agencies get to be judge and jury and prosecutor. And citizens are often deprived of their constitutional rights of being judged by a jury of their peers and 
in an impartial court that is sworn to uphold the constitutional laws of the land. This unconstitutional overreach of the regulatory state is a big problem, perhaps one of the biggest we face, when you consider the tremendous economic cost and the tremendous threat to liberty that it poses. But fortunately, we have a solution as big as the problem, and that is to hold an Article 5 Convention of the States for proposing amendments to the U.S. Constitution. We are fortunate that our founders had the providence to leave us this tool to address an out-of-control government. It's time for us to dust off that tool and put it to use to address a federal government that is out of control, spending too much, and to once and for all put an end to regulation without representation. So if you're ready to assert your liberty, I would encourage you to get involved at conventionofstates.com. This is the Free to be Free podcast. I'm Paul Phillips. The opinions expressed in this podcast are my own. You can learn more about the Convention of States project at conventionofstates.com. You can also find the Convention of States project on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The most important thing that you can do at conventionofstates.com is to study and learn the issue for yourself. Then you'll want to sign the petition. This will let your state legislators know that you are ready to assert your liberty through an Article 5 Convention of the States. Until next time, stay free, my friends.